0: Um, but basically you can like Share all your pizza with everybody In the class and you can kind of learn names And other things And especially with kids in school It kind of gives you a peek into like Okay where are the little cliques already Who's friends with who
1: What kind of pizza do they prefer
0: uh, No 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 that's too political We can't get into that <laughs> you're, just, As an educator They as have as, pizza According to
1: FERPA you're not allowed to ask what a student's favorite kind of pizza is Yes <laughs> I feel about rap music?
2: I give
1: it an A minus. A minus? Oh no! What's missing? No,
2: it's just not my favorite. I
1: feel like my favorite should get an A plus. So.
2: Ah, oh, okay, that's
0: fair. I get that. But I I would it's go good. with a B plus. Uh-oh. B plus. Okay.
2: Seth hates it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> if it's... an A minus is not Livy's favorite, then a B, mi- a B plus must just be you know.
0: Hey. M- I gave it a plus, though. Let's just remember that. But It's
2: not yeah, how th- grades work, sir. So. Sh- sh- yeah, the letter's <laughs> a little more important. Um, I've tried
0: to get away with that, too. I don't know. It's just, I like it a lot. But it's one of those, the, the average rap song that's not good to me is really passive. The best ones, I agree, are some of the best music that I, I listen to. But I think for me, it's that there's so many things that just don't seem to necessarily hit home. And so it's like, eh, all right. It's not bad. I'm not being offended by it. but So here's my advice for that. Listen to better rap.
1: Well, I was just, yeah, don't listen to bad rap music. And let me get you started. Let me introduce you to MF Doom. This week I thought we could do an overview and kind of talk about MF Doom. He's one of my favorite rappers ever. And I just thought we could talk about him in the podcast, kind of go through what he's all about, see what we think is interesting about him, see what we like about him. Uh, I don't know, just maybe... I mean, I don't want to say get him out there a little bit more because there are definitely people who knew about him before me and longer than me. It's not like I'm an expert. It's just I want to talk about him. That's, so that's what we're going to do. Sound good?
0: Sounds good to me. Good. And I will say uh, where you started was the correct place as far as where my rap... Um, not even allegiance but tendencies what i like you started kind of in the old right school. place yeah well and i don't so, even know
1: that so hold on before we get into it uh i i made a, a playlist i put together uh it's chronologically through mf dune's career hitting some of the stuff that we're going to talk about where i'm going to try to play some samples in in here in the episode hopefully, so that you can get a little taste of it. But we're also going to post the, the playlist in the episode description and probably on Facebook later during the week. Um, so you can go follow along and listen to this and see what we're talking about. Um, so go ahead, Seth. You like where this playlist starts.
0: Yeah, because um, I like that late 80s, 90s sound.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: where and, so, and I would say that some of those elements definitely carry through over time, which we'll get to. But yeah, I was with the whole nineties stuff, I was like, okay, this is up my alley.
1: Yeah. So MF doom does start off not by that name though. In the late eighties, uh, he was born in 1971 in London, but he moved to New York when he was a child. He and his brother and a friend of his called a rap group called, uh, started a rap group called KMD where he was known as Zev love X. Um, there's a very, there's some very cool footage that you could find um, of when like Rock the Vote was a thing, uh, like the big push in the 90s to get young people to vote or whatever. Uh, they had KMD testify before Congress about Rock the Vote, and so there's footage of MF Doom as back in the old days as Zev Love X, no mask or anything, because we're gonna get to this later. But Doom always wears a mask. You don't ever see him without a mask. Um, But Zev Love X Under that name Without a mask Testifying before Congress About voting and stuff Uh, So I just That that footage is kind of funny I always like that So he starts this rap group They get mildly popular They have a song called Peach Fuzz
3: Hills of my chinny chin chin. Gots many plus plenty. String by string, I think I counts like twenty. If you owe me an I'm returned with interest. If not, I'll simply twist your list, so listen up closely. What thoughts to we me. Cause I hope to ghost like ten cents for cooking. Not only if I had two G's but strand.
1: Yeah, I was on their first album, and I kinda got a little
0: bit of buzz. Did you guys listen to that one? Oh, I listened to the whole thing. Were we not supposed to listen to the whole thing?
1: <laughs> well, I just I don't I didn't know how to na Seth, I didn't know how to organically get your impressions of it. Oh. So thank you. For... <laughs> yeah, I mean, did you have any did you have any organic impressions of Peach Fuzz?
0: It it was in the top 4 of the whole playlist for of me. Of the
1: whole thing? Wow.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm telling you like this was up my alley. <laughs> All right. Well, and it, so that to me the specifically I like the it feels like a there's some of those rock elements where like the drum beats are specific. You're, it's still a live acoustic set. Um, and then there's either some samplings or some like a little loop that's going to. And so I like that sound. And I like his just flow and his vocals in general.
1: Now, he only does the first verse. There's two other guys on that.
0: Right. I was making more of a general statement. Okay. But I like the authenticity of it so that, like, uh, Lizzo, I also really like just because it feels real to me. And that's something that we've brought up before on the podcast that I won't necessarily belabor, but I like things that feel real. And he feels very real.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's very grounded. Um, he sounds, compared to the later stuff, he sounds really, he sounds a lot younger on Peach Fuzz mm-hmm. than on the rest of the KMD albums, which makes sense. He's only going to get older with time. <laughs> uh, but sure yeah, he's kind of got like this light, playful vibe to him, which we're going to rapidly lose, <laughs> uh, as we find out what goes on after this. And so, uh, KMD goes to record their second album. They record it, they finish it up, and immediately the label gets very upset with them. Uh, they... Decided to call the album Black Bastards, and the artwork on the album was like a like a sambo character being hanged, with like the album title underneath it, like if you were playing the game Hangman, like some letters missing, um, which is uh, racially inflammatory imagery. I'm pretty sure like I think they're allowed to use it, but it is definitely somewhat inflammatory. And so the label said, yeah, no thanks. And they dropped the album and they like just cut their contract and said, nah, you guys are done. We're out. And a month after that, or maybe the other way around, it might've been, uh, the month before the album was dropped, uh, his brother was killed in a car accident. He was walking, he was struck by a car. That's what I thought
0: I read was that the brother died and then the label dropped dropped him like a month later.
1: I I think it was just because of the album. I don't think it had anything to do with his brother passing away. Uh, But both of those came at like a very, very recent, I think within a month of each other in 1993. And so he just like disappeared. Like nobody knows where he went. Uh, He talks about being homeless and on drugs, like in New York city, like sleeping on the streets and stuff like that. He lived in Atlanta for a while. Like He was just literally all over the place. Sometime in 1997, he starts freestyling in Manhattan again. The first time he goes out, he puts on like pantyhose or like <laughs> and like covers his face. And then after that, he starts wearing like just like a random mask. And this is sort of the beginning of the MF Doom character. Uh, So I should have said at the beginning, his real name is Daniel Dumoulin, and he does this character, so it's based off of the Marvel Comics character Dr. Doom, who's a supervillain who wears a big metal mask, um, who is like a master of science and magic, and he has a brutally disfigured face. And Doom's statement with all of this, well, here, I'll let you guys uh, grab a little taste of his debut album with the lead song, uh, Doomsday. And then I'll put it in right
3: here. Strong enough to please a wife. Able to drop today's bath in the forty-eight keys of life. Cut the crap for his rap. Touch the mic and get the same thing a rabba do to you for stealing. What the devil? He's on another level. It's a word, no name. MF, the super villain. Doomsday.
1: But sort of doom's messaging with all of this was that he thought that rap was getting too commercial and that rappers were getting praised more for their looks, more for their appearance, like their dance moves and stuff, rather for the actual lyrical quality that they could um they, they could exhibit. And also he felt betrayed and disfigured by the music industry because like after the heartbreak of losing his brother, The album dropped him like a sack of rocks and just said, nope, we're done with you guys. And so he was like both mad at the industry for their personal treatment of him and also mad at the way that kind of hip-hop had gone in general. And so he thought a good way, for whatever reason, he thought a really good way to combat this would be to put on a mask so it didn't matter what he looked like or who he was. And then to like play up the supervillain character who had been disfigured by, you know, this tragedy, and then just try to like take his revenge on the music industry, basically by being a good rapper. Like, I think his <laughs> point was, I'm just gonna do my thing and be underground and just knock everybody's socks off, which, depending on your opinion, probably
0: did. Well, and like, I, because re- this was 1999, right?
1: Uh, yes, the album Operation Doomsday comes out in 1999. It features a lot of samples from the 1960s Spider-Man TV show and the Fantastic Four TV show, which help emphasize this plot that he is the Doctor Doom from the comics. He's not literally. He chops it up so that all these samples are talking about himself. Like, the, the, the superheroes are talking about the rapper MF Doom, but it's because he takes all this stuff from episodes where they were fighting Doctor Doom.
0: Yeah, so that. Like, if his point is that it's a little too commercial, we're a little too focused on looks and other things, I get it. Because early 2000s would have been when I start, like, really kind of remembering some things. And that would have been, like, when the Backstreet Boys were exploding, Britney Spears was a thing. And I remember specifically, like, Usher and Nellie were pr- the two like, musicians of color that I would be like, yeah, that was early 2000s. And so part of both of their things was, yeah, Nelly's got the abs and Usher's got the face. Like, you know, it wasn't really about, yeah, they've got a lot of lyric content going on or something. It was just... They were pretty boys. Uh,
1: yeah. And so that's what um, that's what kind of what he was he was trying to work against was he wanted to work from outside the industry to criticize the industry in that way. And he did it by wearing a big metal mask every time that he appeared. He actually got like an adapted mask from the film Gladiator. It was like a, it was based on a prop from Gladiator that he ended up wearing. and That's the one he still wears to this day, except when he's testifying before Congress. <laughs> well,
0: that was because it was is only fun. It was before the mask.
1: Yes, yes, I know. It was a joke, Seth. <laughs> um, so let's see, that's two thousand nine. He lays low for a little bit. I mean he's well, he's releasing on. singles, he's doing production, stuff like that.
0: Livy, what, you what did you think of cause Doomsday, Rhymes Like Dimes, Red and Gold, and then Oh yeah, question I shouldn't say about red
1: and gold too, sorry.
0: Those were all from that nineteen ninety nine Operation Doomsday. What did you think of those, Livy?
2: I I organized the songs. Uh, I was ranking them because we didn't know what we were going to talk about exactly. So I ranked all the songs that Adam sent us and then I had them in like five tiers. Okay.
1: Um, I like ranking, so hit me.
2: Because some of them were sort of interchangeable. Uh, and when y'all were talking about Peach Fuzz, that was like bottom of tier four for me. It wasn't entirely wow. my thing, but I didn't dislike it. Um, and it's partially just because I like the like, late 80s, 90s hip-hop sound, but it, I do get kind of bored of it, and that was kind of it. But uh, my top tier was um, had Rhymes Like Dimes and Red and Gold in it. So those were both up there. Rhymes Like Dimes was my favorite.
1: But um, not Doomsday?
2: No, that was like bottom wow. tier three.
1: <laughs> Doomsday is like a top five all-time MF Doom song for me.
2: I know, mine are very like spread out across the albums, which I thought was really interesting. Like um, "Saliva" was like one of my favorites, but then "Vaudeville Villain" I did not like at all.
0: Huh. Uh, I was uh, I'm there. And then with I you. also
2: liked "Raid." Those were kind of my top ones that I liked.
1: Raid's really good. Yeah. They took Spotify off of no, they took Raid off of Spotify for a while due to like some uh, license clearing issues. Yeah. And I was so sad because I missed it so much.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm with uh, Livy on Doomsday though. For some reason, for me, it I definitely get the underground feel. It felt less produced than Peach Fuzz, but then
1: Operation everything. Doomsday as a whole has like a very. I think people have called it like dusty sounding before. Like it, it has a very. It's not sloppy production, but like its production is not top tier, crystal clear. Yeah there were there were just they a kind lot of lean things into that... like some of the some of the age in the samples and some of the fuzziness of the recording it's yeah, gritty but...
2: that's what i always think of when i think of f2 like yeah. those that kind of sound it's like gritty
1: but it's not he's like but mm, food's not gritty we'll get there but no like i was, mean not everything
2: just certain things that's the word that comes
0: but yeah doomsday i didn't feel like it like locked in between the layers so that like the vocals and then what was going on with the loops and other things never felt like it was completely cohesive for me so that that I, was
1: this is unbelievable I'm telling you this is top <laughs> five all-time doom track for me
0: I mean I'm just I'm just giving my perspective this it's an op-ed
1: <laughs> so operation doomsday as an album still we're getting closer to the quintessential doom style it's you can hear, you can definitely hear it as like a transition point between like Peach Fuzz and some of the stuff that we'll get to later. He's not fully settled as an artist. Um, one thing I forgot to mention earlier is is a track called "Red and Gold," which I like a lot. Really good samples. Love the track on that one. It has a performance by an artist credited as King Ghidra, which is a character that Doom started doing around this time that we're gonna revisit. Pretty quickly, I think next, actually. Uh, King Ghidorah is a uh, Godzilla monster. It's a three-headed golden dragon alien who comes to Earth and Godzilla has to defeat it or whatever. It's a big evil monster. And he raps a little bit on Red and Gold as King Ghidorah. He also did a project with some of his buddies. I think the other guy from... uh kmd rodan rodan i forget how you say it um
0: i believe you either way
1: uh yeah they recorded they recorded an album where they all played godzilla monsters (laughs) as a group called monster monster island czars uh stylized as the mic and doom went by king Ghidorah. And so his next album that he actually worked on himself—he did a lot of production. He did some singles during this time. The next album he worked on himself, and this is the beginning of his most fruitful, most popular period. If the next two years of this of his career were the only years that existed, he would still basically be like one of the parts of the canon of like underground rap. Like this is just one of the most incredible creative, like creative periods in almost any artist's career. It's unbelievable what he does in the next two years. So I think I think I got this chronologically, right? If not, I'm off by like six months or whatever. He works on an album called Take Me to Your Leader, which is 100% performed by King Ghidorah. And he wraps the entire thing where he is a three-headed golden dragon alien who fights Godzilla. We're about to see he kind of goes in two different directions. So if you thought that like a supervillain, Was kind of like this evil, like, thinks they're above everybody else persona for a rapper to take on. Doom kind of went, what's the furthest you could take this? Like, what if I was more evil? Or what if I was, like, more egotistic? Or what if I was more above other people? Oh, okay, I'll just be like a space monster. (laughs) Like, I'll be less human, you know? Uh, and so he records an entire album like that. And he uses, just like he did with the cartoons from Spider-Man and Fantastic Four, he uses tons of samples of audio from the Toho Godzilla movies, whether they've been, um, I think, mostly the, the dubbings of them, mostly the American voices and all of that. And he uses it to create, like, a little story arc where he King Ghidorah invades Earth and raps about it, I guess. Somewhere in there. I think I was talking, sorry, we had a If This Shows Up. We had some technical difficulties. Pretty sure I was saying that uh, antimatter is the first time that Mister Fantastic shows up, and we'll get to him later. Did you guys have any thoughts about "Take Me to Your Leader"? The, there's only two on here, but what do you think?
2: Is that the one with the the three-headed dragon character on the cover?
1: Yes. Yeah.
2: I think I was kind of split on that one. No, actually, I wasn't. I didn't like that very much. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It's not my favorite of his. It's actually the first one that I listened to in full because I had heard a couple MF Doom tracks and I was trying to find out more about him. I just randomly decided to listen to the entirety of this album and only later did I realize, wait, that was the same guy the whole time.
0: <laughs> That's funny. Seth? Um, I don't know. I think it was... No, I don't think it was above the Operation Doomsday stuff. It was, it was fine. I would but probably
1: there's... agree with you there.
0: There's also kind of with what Livy was saying a little bit earlier on is that that 90s feel or style of hip hop or at least his underground style at some point I started to kind of kind of like I've talked about before of when you get used to like hearing a certain like tone almost as the style that that's I was hearing that more than I was the differences in the songs in some ways
1: Mm -hmm. yeah because we're 2003 here so we're not really in the 90s anymore
0: right but to me there still is that okay he's got like an acoustic drum set in the background rocking along and then there's like some other little sampling but really i think a lot of it is boiled down to like if he had somebody playing a beat on a, a drum set he would be fine rapping over the top of it
1: so you're saying the samples are boring? You were cutting out a little bit there. What, what do you mean?
0: Oh, not necessarily that the samples are boring, but I guess I noticed that in some of his later tracks, which we'll get to, that there was... The samples just seemed to be more present. Hmm. And specifically, like, later on, I guess early on it seemed like the beat, which I'm referring to as everything that is not the vocal track so that the whole beat that he's rapping over was driven by the drum set. If that makes sense. Hmm. It wasn't necessarily reliant on a specific sample or like the harmonic progression within that. It was just kind of, you know, if you had like, can I get that again? i rapping over it.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Oh.
1: Is that, was that all you were going to say?
0: Yeah, that was, is that really, I'm still getting, like, that kind of a sound, and then I think, like Livy was saying, is that underground and that, like, fuzziness, or, like, it's really dirty, but I guess that's what it is, of, like, that sound is still kind of present. Mm-hmm. So, whereas, like, to me, Peach Fuzz is, like, cleaner, it's the same thing, but it's, like, a little bit cleaner a little bit more produced, and so I think that was just part of why I liked it more. But
1: gotcha. So also in two thousand three, as I mentioned before, he, I said that he kind of went in both directions with the uh, personas. Uh, he starts off as like a super villain. He's a bad guy. He's you know sees himself above other people, and so well on one degree on one side of it, you could just become a you know a non-human like a, a giant monstrous alien. And on the other side, you could go less. You could have, like, a lesser persona, which is the other thing that he does in 2003. He releases an album called Vaudeville Villain, which is just a great title. Love that title. Where he plays a character named Victor Vaughn. V-A-U-G-H-N. This is a play on uh, the actual name of the Doctor Doom comic book character, whose name is Victor Von Doom, spelled V-O-N, but he spells it the other way, and he goes by Victor Vaughn who's more of like a street-level dude. You can either see it as like an alternate universe where Doom never becomes a supervillain, or maybe it's before he becomes a supervillain. Uh, but he's just like a bad dude, but a normal guy.
3: is like so giddy. That's no ditty, born so witty. The way you take no prisoners is show no pity. It's how Sun became a big man from a black boy. To name names, a really big fan of Dan Aykroyd. He feel they need to give him his own dance. This is only chance to shoot the gift like a lone glance. Or like a beef scene, I leave the ooey smoking. Or between hotel and nato sui Token.
1: He's got like a little bit... It's It's hard to really compare because we haven't got there yet. When Doom is kind of rapping in his own persona, he has like a very... He's got a very deep voice and he's kind of got like a very laid back sort of energy to him. Whereas Victor Vaughn is a lot more aggressive than that, and so like we haven't really got into because Doomsday not is not is quite as relaxed as he gets, but Victor Vaughn's a little bit more aggressive in like the normal Doom style. Would you agree with that, Seth?
0: Yeah. Um, and for me, in, in both this... the production
1: and in the d- vocal delivery.
0: Yeah. So that for me, which I think is what Livy was saying too, was that these. Uh, there were two songs There was Saliva and what was the other one that you?
1: Vaudeville and the album opener
0: Yeah, was the these were the two Like highs and lows Of like Saliva I was like, oh this is nice This is mm-hmm. like a little bit different A little bit more of what I'm into And then the other one was like, eh I think Saliva is like,
1: about him crashing A time machine, if I remember Correctly So, it's not quite as street levels, maybe I implied. Maybe it is really just the same (laughs) character, but before he becomes MF Doom. No, that's not right either. It gets very confusing and messy, and I'm very excited to explain why in a little bit. (laughs)
0: Because then he explains that Dr. Doom is the three-headed dragon.
1: No, better. (laughs) um this one's just really really aggressive you know i've been trying to play some samples in the in the episode of it but i was listening to these two today and i don't think i can play any of these on the podcast so you'll just have to go listen to those on your own
0: (laughs) yeah
1: actually interesting neither of neither of those tracks are marked explicit on spotify even like the rest are Um, when they're probably the most explicit of of like the 19 those are probably the two worst
0: Yeah, I thought that was funny because I was looking up the lyrics as I was listening to the songs to try to like, okay, is there an angle on some of this that I'm missing? Or, and so then when I got to those two, it was funny because it wasn't marked explicit, and I was like, huh, I think Spotify missed something here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's not like it's not like he's been a clean rapper up until this point, but the Victor Vaughn character is a lot more aggressive. On a number of levels.
0: Well, he had less superpowers. He had to be more, you know, more something.
1: <laughs> yes, I suppose you're right.
0: But, Livy, just so that I'm not putting words in your mouth, would you agree that this was kind of the highs and lows of, like, saliva was awesome, but then Victor Vaughn was like, eh, whatever?
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, there was... I can't remember the name of the album that you were just talking about, Adam, that was King uh, Ghidorah. Uh,
1: Take Me to Your Leader.
2: That album and then Vaudeville Villain were, um, you gave us fewer songs off of that in the playlist. They each just had two songs Mm -hmm. off of those albums. Um, So there was less range you know to be had but on vaudeville villain right. yeah uh i put vaudeville villain second to last and then i put saliva as second from first in terms of my wow. ranking so yeah it was c- total opposite ends of the spectrum
3: a, a real sucker diver vor never been a duck and diver he spit on the mic yuck saliva hold it like a drunk driver hold a cd on a sharp turn still clutching the chest from the heartburn. What's your handle? I need a Zantac, ah, and thanks before I blank into anaphylactic shock. Rock disco? Chocolate on a Crisco hole. Cocktails, still tell a joke like Joe Piscopone. Tell them the basics. Basically, break the matrix. And just for kicks, make them gel like Asics. That's why they act as stand
1: Um interesting yeah i put less on here just because i was trying to like make this more representative of the things that i think are more important to his Mm -hmm. his work and also i got to pick all my personal favorites and so yeah yeah, those are like my favorite (laughs) tracks from take me to your leader and vaudeville villain and Mm -hmm. i actually really really like vaudeville villain um more than take me to your leader but those are still not i probably have like a solid top three and then everything else is like yeah okay um Oh, so yeah, I mean that's a that's a fair instinct for you to for you to read out of the list. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so that was his 2003. His 2003 was King as King Dora, Take Me to Your Leader, and as Victor Vaughn, Vaudeville Villain. Both of those, again, critically acclaimed, uh, very well regarded in the underground. But he peaks in 2004. He released three albums in 2004. One of them is not represented on the list because it's not on Spotify. In fact, it's hard to find anywhere. He re- he released a sequel to Vaudeville Villain. Victor Vaughn had a second solo album called Venomous Villain, and I don't know what the deal with it is. There's like some sort of, uh, I guess a bunch of licensing problems. It doesn't seem to be like repressed anywhere. It doesn't seem to be. It's not on Spotify. I don't know. I've listened to it on YouTube a couple times. It's not super memorable, so maybe that's why it hasn't come out. I remember, I think there was like one song in there I really liked. Besides that, it's like, all right. Anyway, that one came out. So just as a footnote, that's one of the three albums he released in 2004. Uh, And again, I'm not, I I have these grouped together. I'm not going to go chronologically. I'm going to go in the order of how good I think they are. And so finally... He returns to his original moniker. He returns to MF Doom as MF Doom, with the album "M mm Food,"
0: which is just MF Doom rearranged. It is, yeah, it's true. I caught that.
2: Yeah, <laughs> uh,
1: this album is super great. It's really good.
3: Beef rap, commit to getting teeth capped, or even a reef for mom dudes or some beef crap suggest a change of diet. It can lead to high blood pressure if you fry, Or even a stroke, heart attack, heart disease. It ain't no starting back once arteries start to squeeze. Take the easy way out phony. Until then they know they wouldn't be talking baloney in the bullpen. So disgusting part of itself as i disgust discussed this. They talk a wealth of shit. Uh, let's see. Uh
1: All the titles have something to do with food. A lot of food puns in the lyrics. Uh... It's just really solid all the way around. It's really good. The only the only downside of this album, which I did not include, um, I mean, I only included a handful of tracks just because that's how we're going through, is that there's a lot of skits. It's a skit heavy album. There's like three skits back to back in the middle, <laughs> um, and a long. There's four skit. No, yeah, four skits right in the middle of the album, and they really bring it down for me. I just skip straight through those because <laughs> they are not enjoyable at all. Um, personally, everything else really, really good on here. Uh, Beef Rap is one of the best songs he's ever written. Uh, Conqueso has a great fun sample. It's like a, I don't, I don't remember if it's exactly a CD of royalty free music, but somebody like wrote an album for music for news programs, and he takes <laughs> like one of the, one of the tracks off of that, and he raps on top of it, and it sounds amazing. That's Conqueso. That's on the, <laughs> the that's on the list there. I think the first Doom song I ever heard Was Rap Snitch Knishes That's also my top 5 uh, Doom songs of all time Oh I love it I could listen to it over and over again I think I found it I don't I really remember this right I found it in the summer of 2016 And it was my number 1 most listened to song According to Spotify by the end of the year After only <laughs> listening to it like Halfway through And it was my number 2 most listened to song Of 2017 and another Doom song was number one. So, like, <laughs> real good. Real good. What did you guys think?
2: I had um, all of the songs from that you sent us. Uh, solid tier two, which all right. I, which means, you know, I liked them. because uh, Kind of like tier three is where I got just kind of neutral. I was like, eh, I'm neutral. So, two and one, I liked. So, the, they were all just solid tier two. Um, I it was kind of funny. Um, I listened to Rapsnitch Knishes first somehow. It wasn't first on your playlist, but I listened to it first. And I really wanted to like it. Um, isn't that the one that has like the electric guitar? Um, yes. Yeah. It's from
1: a cover of David Bowie's uh, Space Odyssey.
2: Oh, okay. Oh, here's some a fun reason, connection for you. Just...
1: Here, I have a fun connection for you.
2: Okay. It's a cover <laughs> of
1: Space Odyssey that was featured in David Lynch's Dune. <laughs>
2: Oh, it like yeah. makes me like it more. <laughs> <There you know. laughs> After a while, that sample grated on me. That's why it got bumped
1: down. <laughs> no way, re- it's repeated so, I could over and over again.
2: It, I don't know, something about listening to it on repeat. Because I heard it yeah, and I was like, "Oh, I this could is really to that cool."
1: Sample all day.
2: Yeah, but
1: I, I that liked that song. Everything. Is the I mentioned earlier? Antimatter has a, a special guest on it called Mr. Fantastic, spelled with a K. Yeah. This is the only other song in Doom's discography to feature Mr. Fantastic on it. And no one knows who Mr. Fantastic is. He never released an album. He never appeared on any other songs. He's only credited as Mr. Fantastic. No one has ever spoken up and talked about who he is. It is a complete unknown. It's one of the great r- mysteries of like underground rap. And he kills him on both tracks. So it's just like a big, like, <laughs> who was this guy?
0: Oh, that's funny. Yeah, I, I liked Conqueso a lot, and I liked Rap Snitch Kanishas a lot, and I think what I liked about them was that in the things we listened to, this was a move away from, like I was saying earlier, Adam, things where it felt like the beat was driven by the drum set, whereas this, I feel like, in Conqueso, there's, um, there's like a little bass line thing that's happening that's driving the beat mm-hmm. whereas um and then like the blues guitar is what I called it <laughs> uh but like that guitar riff that you and Livia are talking about that seems to be driving the beat or the sample more and rap snitch canishes and so to me that was just in the like what we had listened to that kind of helped make those stand out because it got away from that like 90s sound
1: Mm -hmm. i see not really but i hear you (laughs) (laughs) i don't know i just think it's funny i mean maybe maybe there's a distinction i'm missing i just think it's funny you're like well in 2003 he still sounded like he was in the 90s but now that we're 2004 he's really moved into the 2000s
0: (laughs) i mean this would be like what you know, when I talk about topics I'm like, this is the problem with it is that for me that that's kind of like if I just listen to it in general, I would say it all kind of sounds like it sounds like this if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Cause it's not the like it doesn't sound like, you know, Drake or Kendrick or um chance or like and I guess like in a weird way chance might be more like if i was going to say where he would end up chance to me has more of that like authentic sound not that kendrick's not authentic but it's just a different style i mean and so uh, but like you know it never it's been a minute since i listened
1: to chance the rapper i haven't listened to a lot of his newer stuff i think the Kendrick used, like a lot of really authentic samples on, Good Kid, M.A.D. City and and To Pimp a Butterfly.
0: No, he he does. I'm not. I'm not talking about. Th- I guess I was talking about the flow or like the vocal quality, and so that like specifically the style that he's doing, I think would end up more like that. Although I, I guess Kendrick does. I don't
1: do know that. what you're talking about in comparing the vocal style of Chance the Rapper to Doom. Like I'm not. I'm not feeling that. I don't know what you mean.
0: No, I'm. Libby, you listen, Chance. That... What, what does that
1: mean? <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, I don't know. My guess is, Seth, you you don't mean like, oh, now I can't put it into words. Do you just mean like purely like the quality of the audio in a way more so than like tone or flow? Because yeah, I don't think that that's that similar, but maybe like just purely like audio, or like production wise, there might be something there.
0: I mean, I guess I would also say that out of the three of us, I'm the least knowledgeable so that if I'm confused on something, like, there's a high chance that that's true. <laughs> uh, I'll this there to
1: is to the r slash mf doom subreddit and they'll let us know how badly we
2: do
0: this. <laughs> I mean, that's fine.
1: I just, I, <laughs> I
2: I did get a few comparisons between the samples that Doom chooses and chance but, um, I think he does sound more like Kendrick if you are going to pick one or the other, but he doesn't uh, really sound okay. like, like if you're, if you're the, putting in a box me. where you have to pick those two
0: people. But I don't know if those two. People if that's are what in I those was saying. No. Yeah. So Adam, my point wasn't necessarily that, because to me they are modern now, and so I'm saying that his like Doom sound sounds very 90s to me. Even though it moved out of the 90s, like in my head, I can't still not put him back in that box. Does that make sense? And I was just saying, that. I was saying that even like if he made it to like a more modern sound, I don't necessarily know that he would be in either the vein of like, like I'm, I'm imagining Chance is different than Kendrick, which is different than Drake, like, yeah, I don't see him going in any of those veins.
1: Well, you're also talking sense. really, really mainstream as well,
0: right? Because there's a lot of would... un- there
1: are a lot of underground guys who are like pulling samples like this, still.
0: Okay, that's fair.
1: I mean, the producer in the next album that we're going to talk about is still doing a lot of production and working with a lot of big names, but less mainstream. I get that. Yeah. Let's
2: start just comparing him exclusively to Kanye.
1: Well, I don't know if that's fair either.
2: That could be the new episode.
1: Just compare <laughs> just compare. Uh all right. So, we're going to keep rolling forward. So, he did <laughs> venom what? <laughs> not on just board. not acknowledge. <laughs> no. Uh so uh in, like I said, he released three albums in 2004. Venomous Villain, which is fine, but you know, let's just let's just, you know, applaud the man for releasing five albums in 2 years. Uh Okay. Mm Food, which is very good. Very good. The best Doom album so far. And then finally, the jewel of his discography. Um, An absolute classic of the genre. Um, A pillar, you could even say. Mad Villainy. Which is a collaboration between MF Doom and the producer Mad Lib. Um, And they recorded as the artist Mad... Well, I guess Spotify credits Mad Villain and Mad Lib. And MF Doom It credits all three Maybe that just means It appears on all three Of their artist pages I'm not sure (laughs) Uh, But yeah They work together As Mad Villain To produce an album Called Mad Villainy And boy oh boy It's a good one
3: time the clock tick faster that'll be the hour they knock the slick blaster dig dastardly and muttly with sick laughter a gunfight and they come to cut the mix master ice cold nice to be old why so nice
2: when to i B4, heard accordion i was sure that that was from the rap article but it wasn't was it uh
1: no no I, we didn't talk about that one
2: the way that loop um fit into one of the repetitions that he was talking about and I was sure that it was an example. He should have used it as an example. Oh, oh,
1: you mean the 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 one from last week. Yeah. yeah. The article, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Cuz it,
2: it's one of those where it's like closed or something. I can't remember the article now, but you know where I'm talking about like how it it gives you like oh, a cadence yeah. to lead leap back. Mhm. It's like a perfect example of that. He should have used. It.
1: <laughs> Email him.
2: Should write him. He I've heard Weird
1: Al play this loop on a on accordion before. Pretty cool. <laughs>
2: uh,
1: Yeah, accordion. I really like accordion. It's got a really, really unique sample. I think a lot of this album has really, really unique samples, which is one of the things that's interesting about it. Like, who would have expected that you could just throw on an accordion with, like, a drum track and have somebody rap over it, and that would work really well. Well, it does.
0: Yeah, It in general, I liked Mad Villainy. I still don't I still think I would have put, like, Saliva as far as, like, a one single higher. But this and mm Food were definitely better than uh, Operation Doomsday to me. Yeah.
2: Mad Villainy stretched across my whole list. Like, I... Interesting. I didn't like Figaro. I didn't really like wow. Accordion. But I really, really liked Raid and I really liked all caps. And then, I mean, I just, I have the other, well, and Fancy Clown was solid middle of my list. Okay. Like it just, it spans the whole thing. But, uh, and I like, so like I was really torn um, on my top three, like the order that I was going to put them in. Uh, and Rhymes Like Dimes came in a solid one for me, but Saliva <laughs> and Raid are basically tied for two. Gotcha. I also I just really like that rhymes like dimes features DJ Cucumber Slice. I yeah, love does. that name. I love
1: it. One of my other favorite rappers. One of the ways that I think I start like started trying to find Doom was one of my favorite rappers has a song. He does a feature in a song about like how marketing is per, like perceptive or whatever. Uh, and his last bar is like, and I tricked you like the guy at the end of that MF Doom song because DJ <laughs> Cucumber Slice just like libs over the end of that trap. And then it just like stops, and the track comes back in and he's like, "Ah, you thought the song was over,
2: <laughs> you thought it
1: was over, or whatever, and so like then Milo does a feature, and he's like, "I tricked you like to do it at the at the end of that m f doom song, <laughs> which I always thought was funny.
0: well, my joke was going to be I thought it was funny that they were pulling a Jimmy Buffett outro, which I thought was funny,
1: on uh, which one <laughs>
0: On Rhymes Like Dimes. So that uh, in the song uh, Mexico, the Jimmy Buffett version, the last uh-huh. verse just turns into Jimmy Buffett just like ranting while the rest of the song is flying. It, yeah, but apparently because I grew up with a lot of Jimmy Buffett, my father's parrot head, but... There's a there's a bunch of songs that just turn into him just, like, talking at the end of songs. And I was like, ah, they're doing a Jimmy Buffett here. How odd for them.
2: <laughs>
0: I was talking to Sarah about this earlier, was that because there is so much, it's either got a little bit of a sample pushing it forward, or to me it had the drum set that was pushing the, like, beat forward that you are... You end up listening more to the lyrics more than anything else, which works in his favor, I think, because there's a lot there. It's not, yeah, I wrote like a hook and that's the whole song. It's like, yeah, there's, it's mostly verse. And maybe there's a repeated line that I come back to. There was, I forget which side it was, but they were labeling something as like the hook for him. And I was like, you know, I don't know that I could pick that out in a lineup of lyrics and tell you that that was the hook, but okay.
1: Yeah, uh, Madvillain doesn't have a lot of hooks. It's it's mostly like just verses or just sung through, which is like a really unique choice, especially in rap. And I think it works really, really well for this album. It's very disorienting because all composed? the songs have like a very different sound to each other, and then for them to not have hooks, it, it's got a weird pacing for an album, but it really works.
0: You didn't like my through composed joke.
1: I didn't hear hear it. I'm sorry.
0: Oh, okay. Well, on my end, once you layer the tracks and editing, you'll hear me just go like, "You mean through composed?" I see. I... <laughs> and you're that just that is kind
1: of what I it. meant. <laughs> <laughs> um. So one thing that we've kind of neglected to talk about is that Doom's rhyme structures are impeccable, and I think that that comes out the most on Mad Villainy, which is why I've, I kind of wasn't bothered we hadn't talked about it yet because i wanted to pull up some specific examples from mad villainy um his rhymes are great all the time um uh, food's got some really really good ones watch Villain's got some really really good ones but the ones that always strike me are uh mf doom oh what was the uh, hold on wait i sorry there's one more i need to look up
0: so while you're thinking and looking up livy what i thought was i what adam's now bringing up is what i was kind of aware of and recognizing throughout I think in part because of the article that we looked at last week and specifically um Kyle Adams highlighting like yeah the rhyme structure could be a couple different ways and it seemed like doom had a like he would use one two or even three of different ones within like one track and switch up the rhyme scheme occasionally
1: I was oh it's more than it's more than like three um we might we might be able to share this on the website or or on the some of the social media pages later i've seen videos there's a very popular category of videos on YouTube where they highlight all the words that rhyme a certain color and so then you'll have like all the words that have like ooh sounds in it will be purple and all the ones that have like ing sounds will be orange or whatever and so it will highlight even like syllable by syllable and show you what all is rhyming with everything else and the incredible thing about doom is like every word in the verse is some sort of color because it rhymes with something somewhere. And just the way he manipulates that is really, really cool. Uh, So one of the things that I think is really, really impressive is um, let me see which order I want to do
0: this in. I think you want to do this one and then that one. And then this one.
1: Uh, I mean, one of the, one of the lines I just like a lot is let he who is without sin cast the first stone after you who's last it's doom. He's the worst known. That one's just fun. Oh, at the beginning of uh so this is a good example of kind of like just how many layers rhymes on top of each other. This is the beginning of Rhinestone Cowboy, the last song of the album.
3: Hold a cold one like he hold the old gun, like he hold the microphone and stole the show for fun. Hold a fold for ransom, flows his handsome, holds in tandem, anthem, random, tantrum, phantom of the grand old opera, dumb hottie, mask, plump shoddy, somebody's
1: like we ended on a completely different. Sort of like rhyming syllables and like alliteration that we started with, but we smoothly transitioned from O sounds to U sounds.
0: Well, and it's like
1: hold the cold one, random tantrum. Like those don't, those aren't connected at all. But the way he got from those four, four lines, he got us to go from like one to the other through like a smooth transition. And I find that incredibly impressive.
0: Well, and it goes from like rhymes at the end of lines. Um, more uh-huh. of that, like, couplet style to quickly saying another rhymed word.
1: Well, that I mean, that happens way earlier. Like, kind of uh, kind of Rakim is the, one of the first guys who started working with, like, internal rhyme and things like that. Um, even Outcast in the late 90s was doing really incredible stuff with that.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, I wasn't necessarily saying that he was the first one ever. I was just saying that I noticed it.
1: Yeah, and that's um. what people like. That's what Doom's really known for. It's just like how really dense he gets everything. One of my other favorite things that he does is um, he can get entire rhymes to line with each other, where like every corresponding syllable in the next line rhymes with the previous one. For example, in Figaro, he at the beginning of the Figaro goes: "The rest is empty with no brain, but the clever nerd, the best MC with no chain, you ever heard." Every single syllable in there rhymes with the corresponding one between the couplets. And later on he does it again, same song. He uh, And this one's just funny to me. Off-pride tykes talk wide through scar meet offsides like how Worf rides with Starfleet. And I just think offsides like how Worf rides with Starfleet's a very funny line, because he's a Klingon, and those are the bad guys. <laughs> <laughs> Except in the next generation, we learn not to judge people by the contents of the weird uh, folds in their forehead.
0: <laughs> yeah, but in the original, I mean, we learn not to judge people and then do it anyways. Right.
1: Uh, and so. then what was the. Oh, and then he's kind of got like little. Uh, uh, he, he manages to use some of the times the rhymes to like create punchlines that are only punchlines because of the rhyme structure. So in Great Day. He goes, last wish, I wish I had two more wishes, and I wish they fixed the door to the matrix. There's mad glitches. Spit so many verses. Sometimes my jaw twitches. One thing this party could use is more <clears throat> booze. Put yourself in your own shoes. <laughs> and then from there on, the rest of the rest of that verse has all like ooh ooh rhyming stuff. But he sets you up to make you think of something else. And then he flips it and like he keeps going from there. Um, and, and just sort of that. Control over over the the rhyme scheme and, and managing to create that sort of punchline out of uh, surprising you, subverting your expectations of the rhyme scheme, I think, is very very effective. Yeah, uh, yeah. He's just he's also just got like some really really creative stuff. Um, he's got a song on a project I didn't in- include here. Uh, it's a it's a project he did with um, Gennaro Jarell called J.J. Doom because he produced with a guy with J initials. Uh, I can't pronounce it correctly, <laughs> but the opening of it is Catch a throatful from the Vyre Vocal with Ash and Molten glass like Aja Fala Jokul, The Volcano Out of Iceland. Like when that big volcano erupted in 2010, like he manages to put the name of that into a song and rhyme it and stuff. <laughs> catch a throatful from the fire vocal with ash and molten glass like Aja F- Jokel, the volcano out of Iceland. <laughs> He'll conquer and destroy the rap world like the white men. Which is good, and he's really good. He's a great lyricist. I, that's why people really, really like him. Um, yeah. One of the things he's very known for. Every once in a while, you'll stumble across somebody making a tweet, be like, MF Doom, be like, and then just a bunch of nonsense words that all rhyme together. It's like,
0: <laughs> I mean, I
1: guess if you're not, like, listening.
0: I... I don't think their nonsense work. No, they-
1: they're not at all. But like that's when people try to emulate him. They just like put silly stuff together, which I I know they're trying to be funny. But like yeah. it's not as nonsense as sometimes they say it is.
0: No, there is there is a high sophistication needed for what's happening lyrically and, you know, uh the Uh
1: it reminds me of a uh- have you guys seen the Eric Andre show bit where he brings out Morpheus?
2: No.
0: No.
1: It's not really Morpheus, it's just Hannibal Burris dressed up like Morpheus.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and he just comes out and he starts rapping. <laughs> Morpheus, Dorpheus, Orpheus, go eat some walruses, orifice, porridges, Morpheus, Morpheus. <laughs> he just comes out and starts rapping like that. <laughs> <laughs> and so sometimes people will be like, wow, I can't believe they got MF Doom to go on the Air <laughs> <Eric> Andre show.
0: <laughs> oh, Air
3: uh
1: Okay, so the the one thing I wanted to point out on Mad Villainy, which I said this is the part that gets really confusing in a fun way, is that maybe my favorite song on Mad Villainy, it's hard, man, it's tough. It's tough to pick a favorite. There, there's lots of good ones. Accordion's up there as well. Uh, Fancy Clown is one of my favorite Doom songs ever. Possibly top five also. Fancy Clown is unique because it is a mad villainy song that has a feature by an artist named Victor Vaughn. (laughs) Where Victor Vaughn is rapping about how a guy who wears a metal mask on his face cheated on his girlfriend with him. MF Doom slept with Victor Vaughn's girlfriend. (laughs) Victor Vaughn
0: i thought Victor Vaughn was sleeping with MF Doom. <laughs> no,
1: no, sorry, no. I I phrased it badly. MF Doom, Metal Face Doom, slept with Victor Vaughn's girlfriend, and Victor Vaughn's not thrilled about it, and he threatens to beat up MF Doom.
0: <laughs> I mean, that does fit the aggressive persona, right? <laughs>
3: This on the farm? Yeah. Look, it's Richard. <laughs> I knew you were in around, playing all innocent homes is the foundation. Don't make me have to pound this tin crown facin' the risk being jammed up like traffic in bound for spacing. There's been a place for you in my heart since we first met, a teenage love that didn't feel no hurt yet. My boys warned me you was poisoned like BBD first cassette. And still up on my chips on the worst bet. Gave up the skirt, now I got a hair from the street. How dare but
1: you know now we're getting into What how are these two guys connected? <laughs> what does this mean it takes it takes you know all these different personas which i love the personas i love like building the storylines and all that sort of stuff but i love how meta it gets and like just how weird and nonsensical it becomes Um, i love and the best thing about it is that he changes his rapping style on that one song the way that he raps on fancy (laughs) clown is more aggressive than a lot of the ways that he raps on most of the rest of mad villainy like he changes his style on that one song to fit the character it's cool it's just really good. Uh, what does he say? That's you if you want a dude who wear a mask all day. If you see Tinhead, tell him to be ducking down. I'm not romping around. He better be ready and prepared to be stomped in the ground.
2: And I love how he's coming up with like really solid roasts on his own. Like he was, persona. yeah. It's really good. It's like really Tinhead? Good. That's so funny. Uh-huh. Making fun of yourself. Exactly, Exactly. Like he's so
1: mad at himself, but he doesn't know it's him. I don't know how it works, but it's awesome. It's so good. And and the sample's really great. The song's just really, really good in general, and it has that extra layer of like super meta-ness that I'm a big fan of. Uh, anyway, there's two more songs on the rest of this playlist. We're coming about to the end. Uh, they are from his 2009 album that was just called Doom, which I think at this point he kind of styles himself just as Doom. He's dropped a little bit of the MF, which I think I said at the beginning stands for Metal Face. It's been so long, I can't remember. Um, and these are, I don't, particularly enjoy the album born like this that's what it's called 2009 i do really like absolutely and that's that but the rest of it not really my favorite
3: already woke spit a joke barely spoke rarely smoked stated folks when properly provoked mirror broke hair share strawberry morning morning more important spawning torn in poor men sworn in Positions, and this is actually
1: the fu- last album he ever released under his own name. After that, mm-hmm. he's really only done like some collaborations and dropped a handful of singles. Let's see. Yeah, he did a he did a project. Like I said, he did. Uh, Oh, I left one out. In 2006, he did an album with Danger Mouse called The Mouse and the Mask, which has a lot of samples from like uh, Adult Swim cartoon TV (laughs) shows, which he seems to have a relationship with Adult Swim because they use a lot of his samples as like bumpers going in and out of programs. But what's the like Aqua Teen Hunger Force Go? Like a bunch of those characters just show up on the Danger Mouse Doom album. (laughs) And there's a couple good songs on it, but I mostly find it kind of insufferable for those little skits. And then he did a project with JJ called J.J. Doom that I mentioned earlier, and he also did a project called Neruvian Doom with Bishop Nehru, which is fine. It It was this young guy that was supposed to be like the next Doom, and they did an album together, and it didn't really go anywhere. He did an album called Czarface Meets Middleface. That came out in 2018 that I've listened to. Didn't really sell me on it super hard. He does a lot of singles, though. Like, every once in a while, you'll be like, oh, man, Doom's got a new verse out. And it's either something he recorded 10 years ago that he gave out to somebody recently, or, like, he put in, like, a half-attempted effort at writing a good verse. He seems to be much more concerned with writing than he ever was with, like, performing. But I kind of... Yeah, I actually left out a big part of the Doom mythos is that he... Uh, got to the point where he didn't want to perform, and so he would send out people dressed as Doom and not show up to his own
2: shows.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Because if you're going to wear a mask and you don't want to perform, just send somebody else out in the mask and they just lip sync the whole thing. He has has rhymes. I forget where they are or else I would have looked them up. He has rhymes about watching his own shows from the audience and nobody knows it's him. (laughs) Or... He has one. I don't know if this has actually ever happened, but he has one about how he robbed his own uh, merchandise booth during the show. <laughs> like he raps about like knocking over the merchandise booth uh, while somebody <laughs> else is performing. They're called Doombots because in the comics, Victor Von Doom, Doctor Doom, has robots that look like him, and the Fantastic Four will catch him and beat him up, and then he'll be like, "Ah ha ha! I was just a robot!" and then the head will explode or whatever. And so he became known for using Doombots to perform live for him in concert. So the
0: real question is, how upset would you be if you got through a U2 concert and then found out out
1: they were all U2 bots? Yeah. Well, for U2, I'd probably be a little disappointed because that's not part of their brand. If I went to a Doom (laughs) concert and I got a Doom bot, I'd probably be thrilled. Like I'd had the full authentic experience of being a Doom fan. (laughs) But he doesn't perform anymore. Part of it, I think in 2010 or 2011, he got extradited to England. Because, as I mentioned at the very beginning, he was born in England, but his... um,
0: He never got citizenship, right? No, he just
1: moved back, like, illegally. He just moved to New York, and he never got caught. So years and years later, they finally figured it out, and so he got shipped back to London. And (laughs) so he lives in London now. He doesn't record as much anymore. He doesn't seem to be writing anything. Mad Lib says that he has all the beats finished for Mad Villainy 2, and I think he even said that MF Doom wrote everything he needs for Mad 2, but like he won't let him finish it or put it out or anything. So there are rumors that there's a bunch of Doom albums that are just kind of just sitting around that he's not doing anything with right now. Um, and then sometime last year, I think his 14 or 15 year old son passed away of some disease. Oh. And so like he likes to lay. Re- that's like, I think that's the last time we heard personally from him. He's a very, very secretive guy, very internal guy. I mean, he's a performer who wears a mask. You know, like he's a he's a pretty quiet dude. And so I think that's the last time we heard from him was his announcement about his son passing away. And that was last year, and so he kinda just lays low. But like I was saying before, if you have a resume that includes mm food and mad villainy, even if it's been sixteen years, you don't have to do a whole lot to stay, you know, relevant to maybe not relevant, but stay historically important critically important to what's going on in rap and so that's sort of an overview of doom i left a bunch of stuff out i skipped a bunch of stuff we went through stuff really quickly i'm not an expert um and this wasn't intended to be a very thorough examination of him it was kind of an introduction to anybody who doesn't know and then just kind of a chance for us to talk about him and uh, interact with some of his music so, uh, what, Livy? You kind of went through your rankings of what you thought was the best, but like, what were some of your overall impressions?
2: Oh, uh, I guess it was interesting to hear. I hadn't listened to uh, any of his Victor Vaughn album or his uh, King
1: King Ghidorah.
2: King Ghidorah album. Um, I he actually prefer, he
1: actually pronounces it two different ways depending on which rhyme he needs.
2: Oh, that's funny.
1: Um, sometimes he says King Ghidorah, and sometimes he's, and sometimes like the sample saying King Ghidorah.
2: Oh, okay.
1: I think the uh, movies say Ghidorah, and he says Ghidorah.
2: Interesting. Uh, I I had only listened to the stuff that he has put out as NF Doom, so that was interesting. Um, I think I had also mostly only listened to Food. Uh, so it was mm-hmm. cool to hear different stuff. And I just like in general, having just read that article, I thought it was super interesting how as someone who is so specific with his rhymes and his lyrics, how he chooses to interact with the samples and like create phrases in the way that Kyle Adams was discussing. I was very aware of that in a way that I had been before because of the article. So that was pretty
1: cool. Yeah. That's true. It's a fun pairing for us to have. Um I think I heard I think um I've noticed this. I think I picked it up from Anthony Fantano, the internet's music, busiest music nerd at the Needle Drop YouTube website. He's got some Doom videos. He's a he's an re- album reviewer, um, like amateur music critic, although very popular. Uh, I think he talks about how like Doom has a very he has one, especially later on, like during that kind of two thousand three two thousand four period. He has one rhythmic style. He can squeeze a lot of words into kind of like the four bars, but he'll always leave off like the last eighth note or the last sixteenth note. Like he'll do a whole line and then just cut it off right at the end and take a breath and then do the next line and cut it off right at the end. And that's kind of like all he does. But because the lyrical quality and the, the rhyme structure is so good, you don't really notice how samey some of the rhythmic stuff is. Yeah. He's not like Kendrick where he's jump, or like outcast where he's jumping all over the place and doing all these crazy rhythms. He's kind of just got one thing and he does that one thing really, really well.
2: He does also pick really varied samples. Yeah. Like varied in their phrase structures and their rhythms and stuff. So it makes it sound like he's doing different stuff.
1: Yeah, for sure. And really, really obscure stuff too. He's got some... There's like some French samples that he uses on mm Food that I didn't pull up but like had such an impact that like Lupe Fiasco pulled the same samples for some of his songs like, 50, like 10 years later. Over 10 years
0: later.
2: Oh. Cool.
0: Seth? Um. I really liked it. I don't I don't know that I'm putting Doom on before I put Kendrick on um and I will say like I don't know that it's getting past uh Jamila Woods Heaven album. Um, that's still just a solid suggestion from Livy. Thanks. But you. um no, I liked it. I will say, Adam, like, probably to your dismay, I probably would put like mm food on before I necessarily put a U two album on. I mean that's which fair. I find uh, I just I like find both it a little bit. That's odd a win for me, for me either way i mean true but i just i find you too odd because it's like you know out of all the other stuff that i'm into it really does seem like you two would be right up this alley
2: <laughs>
0: but i don't know it's just no it's good it's not as good as i like think it should be though but mm. it's neither here nor there we're getting into you two, and that was two weeks ago
1: yeah um
0: <laughs> No, I really liked it. I liked uh more of the middle stuff or like the middle late stuff that he did. The right. early stuff I think was a little too underground for me, but that's okay. But still the the coolest thing about him is the rhyme structure in the lyrics. Mhm. So And then
1: and, I, I mean then I and I still say the personas. I just love the personas, but that's that's like an extra musical thing that I've always enjoyed out of musicians.
0: Yeah, so I like unintentionally. I think it was really cool to read the article that we did last week and then listen to this stuff because I think it heightened my awareness of some of the things that were going on. Because mm-hmm. I was interested in like, okay, well, what it you know is the drum set? Is that track on like a one measure or is it on a two measure loop? The harmonic, like, what's the harmonic phrase of what he's doing with the sample? Is it two measures or is it, like, one measure repeated twice and then the next, like, harmonic change for two measures? You know, and then thinking about, okay, well, where is his rhyme scheme lining up with all of that and how does that all relate? So, I thought it was really interesting to listen to.
1: For sure, yeah. I forgot what I was going to say about that. Oh, I guess I was going to say I you know, I have some ideas of stuff that I'd like to research and work on with MF Doom, but we're way over time and I don't want to give that stuff out for free. So, if you'd <laughs> like to if you uh this I, know, is the I know I haven't written Patreon. anything about rap. I know uh, I know <laughs> I haven't written anything about rap music and nobody knows what I want to work on, but if you want to collaborate on an article about MF Doom with me, just uh, email me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was going to say did you guys have anything else?
1: I don't. I'm pretty sure I said everything that needed to be said about the man, the myth the legend. Daniel MF Doomalay Doom. <laughs> Just kidding. Right. I well, scratched the surface.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much, everybody, for listening. If you haven't already, please either like the Facebook page, like the Twitter page, share when we tweet or make a post. Uh, find us on Reddit, find us on Discord, if the link to the Discord like, is out of date or something and it doesn't let you join, um, let us know about it and we can either I, put a I new think one I think the
1: one or... on the Reddit is infinite, I think.
0: Okay. I don't know I if all the ones on I our looked... social
1: media are infinite.
0: Okay. I knew when I looked the other day that it was like, you could share this link for a day. And I was like, right. well, that's not going to be helpful. But, yeah, we've talked to a couple people through Discord. We've talked to a couple people on Reddit. And it's so much fun to be able to talk and engage with people on different And we want to talk to more.
1: Right. We're so so lonely.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if I'm going to be lonely with you two, I will say I at least made good choices of who to be lonely with. So. Aww. Aww. Um, But thank you guys so much for listening. And we will talk to you next time.
3: Bye. Bye. I'd like to start off by thanking our sponsor for financing the parts for this Frankenstein monster. Along with my partner who's a bro of few words. We did this research for two nerds and two birds. Piano. Do a show, same time watch it. And guaranteed to give it more than just hock spit. MC extraordinaire, technique sort of rare. Quarter glare, of scared. Next week more to share. From the most retarded artists this year and forever. Villain them, your mean big brothers love you. Definitely felonies telling me, treacherously MC, yelling, be, set him free. Let me see, that strategy's misleading. G's all in the freezer with the batteries and Z Hear him stalk.